I'm Antra, and you're listening to my new podcast, Anthropologist, a podcast all things people, from emotions and aspirations to society and change. So in 1973, the iconic landmark legal ruling, which is often referred to as the Roe vs Wade case, legalised abortion in the United States of America. And just around two weeks ago, the Supreme Court, which is the nation's most senior legal body, overturned this right. And so now, because the right to an abortion is no longer recognised as a constitutional right, many conservative states have either heavily restricted it or banned it entirely. Every day we see an absolute whirlwind in the world of politics. I mean, just yesterday, Boris Johnson's resignation following Rishi Sunak and Javid and eight other junior cabinet mem- members, that event itself sparked so much conversation and debate across the country. But personally, I feel like this overruling has been the most difficult to stomach. It's a very clear symbol of how the United States, and other parts of the world too, arguably, are regressing. And these few weeks serve as a prelude to what will prove to be very frightening, trying times for women and women's rights. We are definitely regressing as a society, and I know this because I find myself repeating the most basic, common pro-choice arguments which really should just be established knowledge and the fact that the exact same conversations and debates and arguments that occurred in the 70s which eventually led to abortion being legalized are happening today in 2022 more than 50 years later is a clear sign that we are going backwards So the first thing I want to emphasise is just how important and necessary abortions are. So firstly, obviously, we have heard the myriad of reasons why a woman would want to have an abortion. Um, Maybe financial insecurity, mental illness, physical health issues pertaining to either the fetus itself or the women or both. Um, If the child is, sorry, the fetus is conceived due to rape or incest and kind of the psychological trauma that the mother will have to endure if she goes through with the pregnancy, if the mother is too young or simply just might not want a child. All of these are equally valid reasons and to be honest, they don't really need to be that extreme or they don't need to be the month like these situations don't need to be outliers to be taken seriously the mother might just not want a child and any child that will not be cared for and looked properly should not have to be born and honestly there are so many different reasons why an abortion might be carried out but Ultimately, it just boils down to the fact that if the child is not going to be cared for, it's not going to have a good quality of life and therefore it should not have to be born. 
And there's a lot of debate about the child's life, the fetus's life, sorry, and the potential it might have to, I don't know, cure cancer or become a millionaire or just there's a lot of conversation about the fetus's life but we often forget that there is a mother involved as well and what if she finds a cure to cancer what if she is losing her life if she goes through with this pregnancy this is an incredibly important issue for women's rights and we need to consider the life and the quality of life of the mother before we before we jump to conclusions and also abortions are incredibly integrated into society and they generally keep things in balance whether it be by reducing the birth rate of a rapidly growing population and as we've seen over the past few years this is definitely something that does need to be kept in balance for environmental and social reasons as well and abortions also help the economy it helps society as women don't need to go on maternity leave and they don't need to leave school they can continue working continue learning and therefore can earn money and it would increase the chance of them earning more money in the future and frankly the sad reality is that it is very difficult to have a child in today's times and childcare is exorbitantly expensive and so women are much less likely to continue working after they've had a child and so banning abortion would simply just increase the number of women who have to stop working and also stop their education and this would definitely throw things out of balance. So I'd also like to point out that this overruling is a class and racial issue as well. So number one it's going to affect poorer women from lower socio-economic levels seeing as they probably would not be able to afford migrating to other states which have not criminalized abortion and secondly it's also going to affect women of color seeing as in the united states black women make up 37 percent and hispanic women make up 22 percent of all abortions in the united states and um they're more likely to have unintended pregnancies and this is due to a myriad of reasons, like, for example, they're less likely to have proper access to contraception, um, they're more likely to be uninsured, incarcerated, and also denied maternal health care, and they're much more likely to die because of a dangerous pregnancy. And so this issue is definitely, definitely has a racial aspect to it, and it's going to have profound and very frightening impact on women of colour especially from these racial groups and so that is a huge huge factor to consider. So even after saying all this, even after I've spoken and emphasised the need for abortions today and how I've only touched on a few of the many reasons there are why a woman would want to terminate her pregnancy, I can just about stomach the sanctity of life argument, one that argues that a fetus's life is precious and so should be preserved at all cost. I, cost. I can just about stomach that. But, and I do think it's a valid belief to have, but if you 
really wanted to reduce the number of abortions that occurred, if you wanted to reduce the number of fetuses' lives that were terminated, banning abortions statistically is not going to stop abortions from happening. So a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, when the overruling was initially just leaked, protesters mailed coat hangers to the White House and these essentially represented the back the back alley methods of abortions that although they've become medically obsolete now they were very commonly used when abortion healthcare wasn't available and they were a very poignant powerful symbol of the desperation of women when abortion healthcare wasn't available to them and this was a very clear it was a very clear message to the White House that without proper access to abortions, which is the safest way of terminating a pregnancy, people will die. And so what I'm trying to say is that banning abortions, obviously, is not going to stop abortions from happening. It's simply going to increase the number of illegal, unsafe abortions from happening and therefore putting women and their fetuses in even more danger than if abortions were just simply legalised. And I would argue that there are far more long-term, better, safer ways of reducing the number of abortions which are actually proven to work. Um, For example, better education, better access to contraception, more financial security, for younger mothers, just simply making it easier for women to be mothers, making it easier to start a family, um, by better childcare options, reducing rape, and although these are quite general plans and courses of action, they are far more proven to work than simply by putting an all-encompassing ban on abortion. And We've seen this in history countless times, but banning anything, any of these polarising, divisive measures that leaders choose to take, they only cause more furor and anger and polarisation again. So Poland um, in January 2021, I mean, they've already had, they've always had very restrictive abortion laws, but after they banned it in January 2021, they saw 200,000 women performing illegal procedures, um, abortion procedures, I mean, or travelling abroad to have their abortions. And so clearly, banning it didn't reduce the number of abortions that happened. And it was inc- it was an incredibly divisive measure, and it just caused, it just sparked so much controversy and anger and violence in the public. And it did not have the intended consequences. So now that we've addressed the incredible importance of abortions and many reasons why a woman would want to have an abortion, and we've also addressed the fact that banning these abortions aren't actually going to stop them in any way, shape or form, we have to question how we actually let this happen, how a small minority of people, literally nine Supreme Court justices, have the power to control the bodily autonomy of an entire population of women in 
the US. More than 150 million. And in fact, the actual views of the population of, um, of the United States aren't actually reflected in court and in government because 64% of Americans say that abortion should actually be legal in all or most states in the US. And so whether it be due to voter suppression or gerrymandering or not in, inadequate um, representation in government, it's clear that democracy is in danger and this is an issue that must be fixed. And another problem with our political system as a whole is the integration of state and religion. I fully sympathise with the fact that people can be against abortions morally or personally, um, for example, might go against their religion, but I still think that they need to encourage a woman's right to choose to make that decision for herself. And the US calls itself a secular state and it's often considered to be constitutionally secular, but very often the religious views of politicians, whether it be whether it be um, with issues regarding immigration, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, abortion, and people are even talking about same-sex marriages being under threat. These religious views are impacting the laws and legislations that are passed in government, and that is incredibly concerning. And I think the last thing I also want to address is the is the sheer hypocrisy of the pro-life argument. So pro-lifers usually tend to be right-wing Republicans who who really advocate for an individual's right to choose, especially when it comes to things like gun laws, vaccinations, and mask regulations. And during lockdown, these people, um, anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers, they took to the streets and they screamed things like, my body, my choice, and they very fervently condemned the idea that the government should be able to, that the government was telling them what to do with their bodies. And also those who advocate for guns argue that everybody should have the right to carry whichever weaponry they want to. And so these people, they're all for an individual's right to choose until it actually comes to a woman's right to choose. And I know this can be flipped the other way around. Um, but I do believe that when it comes to gun laws and vaccinations and lockdowns, it's not we can't actually trust an individual's choice and actions and government mandates are necessary because all of these things can and have in the past endangered the people around the individual. Like, for example, gun laws, it's not enough to just trust a person to use a gun if it's in their possession in a safe way. There is no safe way to use a gun, really. And when it comes to abortion, I think, it's an incredibly personal and invasive issue and process and it's ultimately going to impact the woman and her body the most and therefore I think that the woman must have the right to choose.